The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. What have you said to me recently? Recently. Rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. It's already hump day here. You know, I mean, what, what do we got? Another two days and, and we're into a new year. And uh, boy, it's really flown by. The, in fact, I got to tell you, these last two years under this mess that we're dealing with, this tyranny that's that's on us, uh, just seem like they have just flown by to me, like they were last month. That's how fast all of this seems to me. In any case, if you want to check us out online, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, head over to SonsLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page. Click on the little green arrow there, second video down, and uh, join us on Rumble. We're streaming live on not only SonsLibertyMedia.com, but also on Rumble at Sons of Liberty uh, Radio Live. We're on Before It's News, top of the page there. We're on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We're on Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and if you've got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there. And uh, we appreciate all those platforms. We're looking to branch out a little bit. We got something um, from someone the other day, so we're looking to branch out in new social media platforms like Getter <clears throat> and also on Locals.com. Uh, so we're going to see about branching out there. If you don't follow us on Gab. Uh, we're over there on Sons of Liberty. I don't know if it's Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. I, I don't have the thing pulled up. And then mine's at Sons of Liberty as well. So uh, be sure and, and follow us on <clears throat> any of those if you're over on those platforms. And also Parlor. Uh, we're also on Parlor. But Locals, from what I understand, is going it does allow for live streaming. So as soon as we can get that done, we're going to try to do that. I've been 
trying to do a thing for Instagram. I understand that we're able to stream live on Instagram, but it's going to require some software technical stuff that I'm not very good at, so it takes me a while to get through with it. But uh, be sure and uh, check us out on those. Uh, Bradley's show from yesterday's up. And a really good show. Deals with uh, his article also uh, about the Supreme Court and going through and showing you how the Supreme Court has given its opinion. That's what it is. It's not law. Okay? This is the same thing that I'm going to be dealing with Chick-fil-A on Friday. And we're going we're gonna to organize a protest if they can't get their act together. Uh, down there. I was told that I have to pay to protest on public sidewalks. Now, to get a permit, okay, this ought to tell you that we are not a free people. You can say it all you want to, but if you're having to pay for permission to exercise your right that's supposed to be guaranteed both in the United States Constitution and in the South Carolina Constitution, that ought to tell you there's something rotten in Denmark, right? That what we've been taught and, and everything is not true, and uh, yeah, that's it's it's going to be something. So <clears throat> I'll have more on that on Friday. I hope uh, as we get through as we start moving through the week, um, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Don't forget to do that. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Scroll right up from the uh, live streams. If you want to help us out and agree with our message, there's a donation button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Make a one-time donation or become a monthly partner with us as a son or daughter of Liberty. And then our store is open. We don't have any specials this week. Sorry about that. I thought about maybe I'll contact Stephanie, and maybe we'll do something special for New New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, um, you know, something big. Uh, but i got to talk to her to see if we can clear that. It'll probably be for one day only. So be looking for that, uh, and we'll be taking that up at that time. Um, <clears throat> today's Rotten to the Core Wednesday, and as always, I have joined with me the common core diva, Lynn Taylor, straight out of communist. I want to say straight out of Compton, straight out of communist North Carolina. Good morning, Lynn. Ah, uh, hello, hello. How is everyone today? Well, this everyone is uh, a little tired. I stayed up late last night, and um, mm-hmm. I, I told everyone I got my double authenticated birth certificate, uh, okay. which care, which changes a lot of stuff for people who do that. I don't even know the full gamut of everything it does, but uh, it comes with this little phrase, backed by the full faith and credit. And this is by South Carolina and by the State Department. And so uh, I'll be sharing little bits and pieces. I want to kind of, yeah, I'm out here saying stuff, which isn't too much under the radar, but I'll be sharing little bits and pieces because I do want to help people understand the slavery that we've been born into. I mean, it really is a slavery here in the United States. Okay, the use of the word credit on a birth certificate, Mm. if that doesn't point to human capital, I don't know what what does. And and I want people to understand, that's exactly what Mm -hmm. I was saying Mm -hmm. uh, the other day when I did my little Facebook live stream about capitalism. Now, if you have free markets, that's one thing where people can build and create and and be entrepreneurs and all that's one thing mm-hmm. the capitalism what you just said i hope people picked up on that that's what i'm talking about where you are nothing more than chattel i mean that's what you are and that's right. what we've been done right. in, the, and, in this country right and we've we've talked about where that term came from was the organ organization for economic cooperation and development, which is a sister arm of the United Nations. Um, so you know, I know people are going to say, "Well, I might have been born before you know the United Nations was formed." I don't doubt that, but when you look at the progressive shift towards all this garbage, it's well over a hundred years old. So that encompasses so many of us. Yeah, and, and it's it's actually, you know, the thing that we're talking about here that I'm making mention of came into existence before the United Nations. So right, I want people right. to understand this has been going on for a long time. We've just been in the dark about it. Uh, but, well, Lynn, we've got a, yes. you know, we, we've talked about mind manipulation mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. And people think, yes. and when they think of mind manipulation, most people think of MK Ultra, or they think of, um, what was that old film? Um I can't. Th- I can't think of it right now. Uh, a Clockwork Orange or something like that. That's what they think of. They think of that kind of. Okay. Mental- they don't think of the everyday, quote unquote, programming that we get. Whether it's coming from the 
public schools, we, you know, the public indoctrination centers we call public schools, whether mm-hmm. we think about what comes on the television, whether we think about whatever the politicians are saying, or in this case, the gods of science um, right. are trying to pitch to us. <clears throat> Uh, but we we've got some information today that's going to show people how they're how that's happening, right? Right. If if they haven't gotten it throughout the uh, year, we're about to close up. Especially the work that Suzanne Hamner and I did over on the Liberty Bills about Mind Space, where it was government propaganda. And you know, just last night I watched a movie, and it was it was a fiction based movie, but it was about surveillance and drones and how. Uh, you know, they can be targeted for, for good or for evil. But the point of it was, was when the the government and the military people were meeting, they said, look, if we do it this way, the propaganda war goes in our favor. If we do it the other way, then we lose at the propaganda war. And if that's not telling us something right there, because we know that Hollywood has been very good in giving us clues as to what's really going on, whether it's, you know, based on a true story or if it's um, some sort of fictionalization. But now what I wanted to show us today was this is all about social emotional learning, which is not just in our public schools. It's in our universities. It's in our jobs. It's in our churches. It's in our museums, libraries, all those public spaces. And one of the things that is uh, going with it is the push for, as we've said for many, many times on our show, Tim, the push for public-private partnerships. We've seen this in education, but we're also seeing it in healthcare. We're seeing it in finance. We're seeing it in everything. And part of the um, plan that goes with this reset that we're in is to use a, a P3 influence for training so-called education that will collapse our financial system and promote young people to be nothing but social justice leaders. And how this is happening is through a program that is across the globe. It's called Common Purpose. Now, it began in the United Kingdom back in the 80s, but we have a U.S. arm for this particular Common Purpose. And it is based in Chicago. Chicago is actually the hub for not only North America, but South America as well. And organized crime is that. Exactly. So it's it's really interesting when you look at our political structure, how much has been funneled through Chicago. And here we now have this common purpose. So if you want to go to that very first link so people can understand what this common purpose is about, it is supposedly about getting everyone in on the same conversation to solve all the issues that we face under a common purpose purpose or a common goal. It's collectivism is what it is. So if you want to read just a little bit of that for folks, if they can't see it. Okay. Common purpose is devoted to developing leaders who can cross boundaries between geographies, generation sectors, specializations, backgrounds, and beliefs, both at work and in society. Uh, what mm-hmm. is Common Purpose? Common Purpose is a non is a not for profit organization. Now they tell you that all the time, and you know there's some people getting profit from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a that's a tremendous abuse of nonprofit, but we're seeing it all over right. the place. Um, right. Founded in 1989, that develops le- 1989. I bet most of you, I know, I certainly haven't heard of it. 1989. Mm-hmm. So how many years is that? That's 31, 32 years. So yep. Um, that develops leaders who can cross boundaries. This enables them to solve complex problems, both in organizations and in cities. We deliver face-to-face and online leadership programs for multiple genera- generations of leaders, from students and universities to senior leaders in organizations and societies. And, you know, Lynn, I'm, anybody mm-hmm. who would read that would probably say, oh, this is a good thing. Well, yeah, it's a good thing if you've got a good basis of what you're training them in, right? Can you can you explain, because the Sons of Liberty speak about bringing justice, and you mentioned social justice, and some people probably mm-hmm. are not going to understand the difference. Can you explain to people what we're talking about, about the difference of the Sons of Liberty's message about justice, which is a biblical and a constitutional form of justice, and what social justice is? Okay, uh, real justice is, of course— that you have a punishment 
that fits whatever the crime is. Okay. In social justice, you take militant attitudes and bully pulpit topics and you ram them down people's throat to force them to change their beliefs to what you believe, whether it's actually based on truth or not. All right. And then the uh, culmination of that obviously mm-hmm. is tied with communism. And then you literally mm-hmm. beat them down. That's that's right. what they absolutely. That's, that's where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you said you, you read that little bit and you said, well, you know, that sounds kind of OK. If you'll show that little video, it's not it's not but like a couple of minutes. People can hear straight from one of the leaders of this movement here in the United States what they're doing. And there's one key phrase that we need to listen for, and that is we're going to switch on or click on our cities. And I'll explain that after we see the video. Okay, here it comes. For 30 years, Common Purpose has been developing leaders who can cross boundaries, boundaries of sector and specialization, geography and generation, beliefs and backgrounds. We are a not-for-profit organization, and we run both face-to-face and online programs. Just as um, uh, problems cross boundaries and the world is full of problems, it is really important that leaders are able to do the same. In 2018 alone, Um, We ran programs across many different parts of the world, across many cities of the world, and we had the privilege of working with over 1,000 organizations, including universities. In 2018, we've had over 7,000 participants who've joined our alumni community to take the numbers up to about 80,000 alumni in different parts of the world who are crossing boundaries and leading change in very different ways. Impact is at the heart of everything that we do. It is intentional and it's deliberate. But it's not just about delivering impact, it's about measuring impact as well. And we measure impact through a series of assessments. We measure impact by measuring leadership competencies across three key areas. Inclusive leadership, we help develop leaders who can be more inclusive so that they're able to build and lead resilient and innovative teams. They have the cultural intelligence to be able to do that. Broader horizons so that they are able to make better decisions, which is very important. And really, really important in this day and age to be more collaborative so that they can accelerate the pace of complex change that they all have to lead, whether it's in organizations or at society at large. So experiential learning is at the heart of everything that we do. And cities, cities are our classroom. Um, That's where we run our programs. In fact, we can run programs in about 100 cities around the world. And cities are where we draw our energy from. And that's where we immerse our participants to learn. They meet organizations and and leaders that they normally wouldn't meet otherwise and learn from them. So we take our participants through a very unique learning pathway, which has immersion at the beginning and has some very strong tools and processes in place to help deepen the learning. Reflection, for example, translate the ability to take the learning back into their organizations and make it practical for them, whether it's in society or or in their organizations. We believe if we are to run high-impact programs, they must be able to put the learning into practice. When you glance through the 2018 Annual Impact Report, No doubt you'll notice the range of leaders that we work with, the different generations who are going through our programs, open programs as well as customized programs that we design to suit the specific needs of the customer. Apart from the brands and the list of universities who we work with, what I'm sure will stand out is the stories, is the voices of our participants who are constantly telling us about the impact that our programs are having on them, whether it's to lead better in organization or better in society. Of course, none of this would have been possible without the incredible support that we get from all of you, our supporters, our contributors, our friends. The money we get from government. Most of us are alumni who have made all this possible for us. And thank you for making 2018 a fantastic year for us. Thank you for paying for my salary to to tell you this bull hockey. All over the world. All right. So, you know, it's interesting here, Lynn, because Mm -hmm. what I see going on is the first thing that she said, or not the first thing she says, but one of the things that she says here, I had to cut this off. One of the things she says here is we start with the emotion and then we move this direction. Now, friends, there's nothing wrong with emotion, but emotion should be driven by truth, 
In other words, you start with the mind. When you preach the gospel, you are preaching in the hearing. And it's up to God to give them actual spiritual ears to hear, which comes through a renewal of the heart or a new birth, as the scripture points out. This is saying you start with the emotions. Well, if you start with the emotions, you can manipulate anybody. I mean, that sounds like what they're what they're trying to do, isn't it, Lynn? Right. Okay. She said the city was the classroom. That yep. was the key phrase I was looking for. It wasn't that we're I saw that too. Um, but yeah. But in some of their language, you will see where they will sit there and tell you the common purpose is going to thrive in the smart cities where they literally can click on and off a city at will. And one of the things that I wanted to point out. Was yeah, city's your classroom. And you talked about starting with the emotion and, you know, mind manipulation. Well, there's a link I sent in the Facebook message, and it has to do with antennas. One of my friends, um, Julianne out of Tulsa, has been doing a lot of work in the chemtrails and the 5G. And she posted this yesterday, that if you see that your children are extra fussy or they're fidgety or you're snapping at your 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 um husband or wife, or, you know, you're not feeling well, type in your address. Look at how many antennas and cell phone towers are near you. And think about this, that the radiation that is coming is manipulating behavior. So you've got this common purpose that is going after your mind, you've now got in place the public-private partnerships that we've been talking about. Now you've woven in the smart cities and the radiation. And this is all, if you look at where the antennas are, okay, when I typed in my address, schools, city government, and then private business, that was the order. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we had Dr. Cowan on last week and uh, Sally mm-hmm. Fallon-Morell, and they're of the opinion, since they have not proven there's a virus, where do they think that, uh, quote-unquote, coronavirus, the, what they're calling coronavirus and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and the COVID and all these these things, that they think they're coming from the rollout of 5G. And by the way, we're going to be having a story coming up probably first of next week <clears throat> of what's about to be rolled out next week. And I really believe, uh, Lynn, I'm just going to kind of give people a teaser. I really believe this is the basis for why Joe Biden and all these guys say there's going to, and the CDC says there's going to be 15,000 deaths a week. We're going to start seeing this rollout, this major rollout of 5G. And uh, we've seen in history where this stuff has impacted us, not just from mind control, but really it makes us sick. So anyway. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, we give you the link. This will be in the archive for where you can access the United States arm of this common purpose. But I don't want us to to lose where we're going. All right. So now that we've set the stage for this common purpose, I want us to go to a website that exposes what common purpose truly is. Okay, and that is that um, YouTube video uh, says it's about 10 minutes and that we would need to pause at certain places. So if we could go ahead and get that one started all right it started up as soon as i moved it so here we go (laughs) somewhere okay and uh we're into a bunch of yep mockingbird media type stuff yeah Just for people on the radio, it's just, I guess this is an introduction here. On the Edge with Theo Chalmers. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to tonight's On the Edge with me, Theo Chalmers. Tonight's show is live, so if you have any questions for our guests during the show, text them to 87778 with the word EDGE, a space, and then your, your name, location, and your message. And we'll try to pick up any that really hit the mark. They're all charged at standard rate, so I not get texting. In tonight's show, I'll be talking with a fascinating guest who will tell us about the, the extensive research on the subject of the growth and influence of a semi-secretive organization called Common Purpose. Apparently, it has links at the highest levels in every town and city in the UK, and its true but secret agenda may be linked to a future martial law government. 
Live in the studio, we've got campaigner and former Lieutenant Commander RN, Brian Gerrish, who will offer us some very startling revelations. What a show we've got tonight. Brian, welcome. Good evening. So, Brian, I know you've been campaigning for quite a while on the subject of common purpose and associated subjects, but I think we need to get a little bit of background. Obviously, you were in the Royal Navy for some time. Can you give us a little bit of... Yeah, 21 years altogether, and I left in 1993, uh, set up a small business, um, changed that, got involved in another business, and eventually started to get what I call a bit comfortable. Okay, uh, so far so good. Yeah. So the business was uh, energy management. We looked after the energy accounts, electricity, gas, water for large, some, some large uh, commercial organisations. And uh, that was at a time when I suppose everything to do with the environment was a very big thing. And I believed in global warming, which I don't now. Okay. Uh, okay, well, so what went wrong? Well, eventually, after we'd... Uh, uh, got comfortable, we started to look at other things. There's a we, I was uh, working with a, another ex-Navy guy at the time, and we had the opportunity to try and help the local community around the naval base in Plymouth, mm -hmm. um, where there was a lot of uh, long-term unemployed, especially amongst the younger people. Okay. And we came up with the idea of trying to help them with skills training, um, and well, we were aiming towards apprenticeships, and the idea was to get them doing basic skills on repair and build of small wooden boats. Okay. We had a lot of enthusiasm yeah. from the... Okay, go ahead, Lynn. Okay, did you hear that? Yep. The We're apprenticeship, which is, what, uh, which is what Trump was pushing as well? Yep, yep, skill-based labor. And he'll go on to tell you... Um, that while they were trying to get that initiative going, that the community, the local community, was all for it, was gung-ho, okay? Um, and then uh, this common purpose comes in and kills it all. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so mm -hmm. let's, let's pick up for, with that and let him, let yeah. him tell the people what, what's going on okay. with it. The community, yeah. and in fact, there were some amazing things started to happen because people in the local community started to talk about HMS Beagle, which took Darwin to sea and was refitted in Devonport before it went. And we discovered that a lot of the local people could actually trace their genealogy to that ship. So there were, we started out with an, a small idea, but a lot of people said, hey, if it got really big, we could have a go at building a beagle. And a lot of support from local people. The establishment got on board and was enthusiastic. By so, the establishment, you mean what, the local council? Yeah, Plymouth City Council, Southwest of England Regional Development Agency, the Government Office of the Southwest, the Chamber of Commerce. So people were getting very excited because it was what we were told everybody wanted, which is, you know, skills, training and jobs. Okay. It was going along exceptionally well. Then we were invited to apply for some grant funding. And it was quite bizarre within a couple of weeks it was like the shutters had come down, so we didn't get the funding, but people we'd been speaking with didn't talk to us. They didn't reply to emails or telephone calls, just like a door closed. Okay, well, why do you think that happened then? Um, at the time, we'd no idea, but um, with, uh, with my colleague Sandy, we decided we would carry on with the project without help from the public sector. So we started to get the project going, um, quite successfully and then basically we started to be threatened so there's a story here if I tell you a little bit about it it'll, it'll yeah. lead in stop me well essentially um, we got visits from people who suggested that maybe we should let the project go and if you said why they said because we're ruffling feathers but we never got any clear answers there was some talk that developers wanted the land we were want wanted for massive housing development um, but we didn't quite understand it. Um, the threats escalated, um, poisonous emails. Eventually they got to death threats and bricks through windows, arson attempts. And one evening I got a call and a man said, I've got a friend who'd like to talk to you. Uh, I, I, don't, asked, I don't think I'd have attended that meeting personally. But Well, it was interesting times, but I went to see him and he asked about the project, said we we're having problems, and I said yes. And he said, what do you think the problem is? And I said, I don't know. And he then said to me, I think the problem's common purpose. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, it's an organization. And I said, would you tell me about it? 
And he said, I'd rather not. So I said, well, I've driven here to talk to you. Why won't you talk to me about it? And he said, well, I'd just rather not. I got the impression he was scared. So we chatted about some other subjects. I went home, went on the internet, looked up a site for an organisation called Common Purpose, very different from the present website. And I thought, what is this? Because it was talking about future leaders in society, and I'd never heard of it. So from that point on, we started to dig, and what we discovered in Plymouth was that it was everywhere, police, hospitals, schools, chamber of commerce, but we'd never heard of it. So I'm with colleagues in the Chamber of Commerce who are common purpose, but I'd never heard of it. And they didn't say? There was no and they didn't say, it. no. And, and how had they become part of common purpose, members if you like? Well, the correct term according to common purpose is that they're graduates, but basically they had been selected to do a course, which at that stage was a course called Matrix, which was 48 hours in a secluded environment, a hotel or a small small accommodation where people could stay overnight uh -huh. and then following that a day a month for a year and, and uh, it's called matrix that's rather uh, well it's an interesting title interesting. isn't it yes, but what, it is. what we were really interested in was the fact that it was it was talking about creating the new leaders so you say Okay, okay, Leanne, I know you want to chime in here as to what he's doing, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I did, he was just about to lead up to the thing about, you know, they're terming them new leaders. And uh, he said, if you ask some of the older citizens who were involved in exposing this, that they said, no, this is Hitler Youth. So, you know, I've got, we'll have the link for not only that entire uh, 10 minute video, but there are four others where this person will tell you here are other things about this common purpose that you need to know. So there's also one that says common purpose exposed. And I want us to go there because there's a very important part of this that I want to weave back into the social and emotional learning or manipulation. And that would be the common purpose exposed website. Okay. All right. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. If you go to that middle, if you blow up the, if you enlarge the screen, you'll see something in there about are our children really safe? And it says something about suicide. Can you read that for folks? I'm looking for where that might be. Okay. It's the middle, the middle video, the purple. You just, you just. Oh, this it. one right here. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to be a dead link, but just read the title. Oh, it says, uh, well, I just clicked on it. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, okay. me, are, are our children safe an investigation of politics and suicide risks? Mm -hmm. Now, this is the okay. same. This is the same guy. So I guess the yeah. guy we just listened to, he's he's made this uh, CPExposed.com. Is that right? I, I believe so. Okay. But I could not find that video. But what I did notice was that if you look at. Uh, the children are uh, the subject is children, politics and suicide. OK, but if you if you click on it and even though you won't see the video, you'll see the words neuro linguistic therapy. And oh, I went and, yeah. yeah. Neuro linguistic went, programming. I'm very familiar with that. That's what Donald Trump's pastor taught, mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, uh, what was his name? Norman Vincent uh, Peale. That's mm -hmm. what he taught. That's what my dad uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention, year decades ago, actually more than 25 years ago, my dad sat and they were bringing NLP into the Southern Baptist Convention right here and mm -hmm. uh, over across the line in communist North Carolina. They were bringing that in and my dad got up and walked out and said, wait a minute, this is some new age junk they're bringing. This is not biblical at all. Right. And I have a link in there. So if folks don't know what this neuro-linguistic therapy is, it's word manipulation is what it is. And, you know, last week we talked about the uh, mind manipulation through the so-called Christian counseling and the controversial uh, ways they wanted to help students. Well, this is another way that... Um, and again, this is not just for public school students. This is community wide. And it will tell you it began in California 
in uh, here in the United States and then how it's used. And it, if you want to read just a snippet of that for folks, because I know we have a lot more. Yeah, neurolinguistic programming is a psychological approach. Now, as soon as mm-hmm. somebody talks about psychological, they are looking to manipulate you in some mm-hmm. way or another. That's just there's just no doubt about it. Uh, approach mm-hmm. that involves analyzing strategies used by successful individuals. So, you know, if you want to be Tony Robbins or whatever, and you need to know NLP or whatever the case is to manipulate people, I guess this is why I wasn't ever a good salesman. I, I didn't know. I didn't like the fact that unless I knew a product was really good. So if you see me back a product, it's because I've used it and I've seen it actually works. I'm not trying to manipulate people. I'm just saying this is something that works. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. It says applying them uh, to reach a personal goal. It relates thoughts, language, and patterns of behavior mm-hmm. learned through experience to specific outcomes. Proponents of NLP assume all human action is positive. Well, the Bible assumes it's the exact opposite of that. That it is against God, that it is negative, that it is not to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, as we learn in the Catechism. Therefore, if a plan fails or the unexpected happens, the experience is neither good nor bad. It simply presents more useful information. Oh, man. Data tracking. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I went with that Mm -hmm. in my thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we've we've talked about how many times when our government, local, state, or federal, uses the word outcome, it is a preconceived idea of what they be, what they are grooming you for, not what God intended you for. And how this ties back to the United Nations will be in the archives because it's on that uh, Common Purpose Exposed where they give you a document about the one world governance, and you can't be a one world governed. Uh, people, if you have non-conforming behaviors and ideas, which again, we've said with this social and emotional manipulation, Tim, that's exactly what it's doing. It changes and attacks your attitudes, your values, and your beliefs. And you know, Suzanne and I did that with that Mindspace series that we did. You and I've done hundreds of shows on this very, very topic, but I wanted folks to see that um, the first image that I attached for you, this is geared towards educators. This is how you can be a more mindful teacher. This is how you can be a more balanced human being. And if you want to read that for folks who cannot see it. Yeah, become a champion. This is from Breathe for Change. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me all these these uh, private entities, these nonprofits, so to speak, who are profiting. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that they're profiting. Become a champion of wellness, SEL, social emotional learning, and yoga in your school and community. Apply now for $1,000 off our training and get, well, wait a minute. I'll bet you we'll see Breathe for Change as a nonprofit. I'll bet you that's what we see. Is it not? Or am I am I assuming too much there? I didn't I didn't bother looking whether they were for profit or not because it was like you've got to be kidding me. Because you know, there was an article that I did for uh Patriot Institute where I went into the uh abuse of, of yoga in our communities where it is helping to promote the Gaia worship, but it is also what's known as a three H organization, which the UN recognizes. And that stands for healthy, happy, and holy. Oh, isn't that nice? They're defining holiness now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so no, I didn't bother to look whether they were or not because I wanted us to, to uh, just see that it's going to take you, 200 hours in your own home, in the comfort of your own home, to be able to be trained to do this in person and online. And it's going to rip you off $1,000, too. Well, the whole program's $3,000. Oh, my goodness. It just got worse. Yeah, it did. It was bait and switch. Um, I'm sorry. Absolutely. If you go to their website, there is going to be, if you scroll down just a little bit, there's going to be a very short video. And these are the teachers who've taken this program. And if you can't access the video right now, when you get the archive, I encourage you to look at their faces. Oh, I did. I'm I'm looking at it. And the first thing I thought was, hmm, (laughs) you know, and let me, let me interject here. Uh, Sure. There's nothing wrong with meditation. Uh, The King David wrote in the Psalms that he meditated upon God's word and his law day and night. He found his delight in the law Mm -hmm. of God. But 
But this meditation that, that they're talking about is this Middle Eastern kind of meditation where you try to empty your mind. You're going to be thoughtless. Now, where does the Bible tell us to do that? It calls us to be sober-minded. That has mm-hmm. the idea that we are aware of what things are, not that we're emptying ourselves of knowledge, of thought processes, or anything. And so I, I want to make sure that there's a distinction between biblical meditation and, you know, this this uh, Maharashi, whatever his name was, Oh, that, uh, it gets Middle better. East, yeah, that did the Beatles and all that, and, and yeah. Middle Eastern kind of meditation that empties the mind of thought. The Bible calls us to think upon God's law, to think upon mm-hmm. Him, to think upon His Word, and we're to do that. We're to be in, engaged in that daily. And so, yeah, yeah, right. it's Buddha. It's basically Buddhism, uh, but I just call it Mid- Middle Eastern mysticism. That's really where that comes from. Right, and I understand. Uh, now, in the archives, you'll get the link to the syllabus for this brief for change, social and emotional manipulation of our education system. But remember, this is a post to come out to not just our students, but the families and the community. And you will see that CASEL, the Consortium for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, is the sole basis for this entire program. And we have talked about CASEL on hundreds of our shows and how manipulative this arm of the Common Core machine is. So that will be in the archives as well. You'll also see how you can, uh, you'll, you'll see all the hype for the digital yoga teacher training. Um, you know, we know that the Every Student Succeeds Act embedded uh, things about ramping up the social and emotional components in your community because it was under the guise of every student being able to succeed. Well, that's not necessarily the case. It's every Every part of your community has now gotten on board with that. And in uh, the archives, you will see where I show you about my own library. My taxpayer-funded public library now has a program called Mindful Moments. And that is they are leading the community in yoga, but it's not... uh, meditating on God's word. It's meditating on what you were talking about before. So you'll see there's a a video there uh, from my local library. It's about 15 minutes long, but it's in the first three minutes or so that you will hear this librarian guide you through, okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And she talks about your hand And how if you can't use your physical hand, you're going to, in your mind, use your energy of your right hand. Do we want to play this lady saying that? No, we don't. No, I'm just saying it's in there if you want to see that this is not just in our public schools. And remember, your public libraries are supposed to be accessible by the entire community, whether they're in public school or not. And because it's a library program, it has to be open to the public. So this is why I keep saying, you know, it's not just public school. Now, Lynn, you've got in your Mooresville Public Library, we've got an image here off a website for their calendar. One of the things I notice here, just right off the bat, is down here at 10 a.m., not your mama's book club. That sounds like that's that's going to be problematic. What have you looked into where, you, where you're bringing this here, this schedule here, to show people what's going on? Uh, I wanted you to see that it had the mindful moments, but, uh, you know, don't miss the fact that there's STEAM for little people or there's STEM for the teenagers. Yes. yep. Because that warps in or, or, or pulls in the social and emotional manipulation as well. But I have okay? a question, Lynn. I got a question. Yes. How many teenagers are going and actually going to the library? I'm just curious, how many are actually going to a library now? Is there a lot of teenagers? I mean, I'm sure there's you young know, kids that go and stuff, but. I know when when I would take my girls, uh, it was always pretty full. But, you know, since they've all graduated, I don't go to the library very much. I well, that's what I'm saying. Totally, yeah, I, I know it has totally, totally changed and not in a good way. Um, it, it really isn't. Um, so with that said. Let's go to the second image that I attached for you, because I want folks to see this. And if you can't see it, we'll describe it. It's our pals at Sesame Street. This is brought to you by the letters (laughs) S-T-U-P-I-N-D. 
No, it's it's called manipulation. Now, this is a tweet that was sent out, and it says Sesame Street is proud to support families of all shapes, sizes, and colors. And, of course, we have Muppets in a rainbow color. Steve. And that's what they are, Muppets. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've talked about how Colin Coraline Sesame Street is before. We've talked about how they have uh, latched on to the United Nations, the climate change, and all the, the other garbage. But here is a video that is about all the resources for social and emotional manipulation of your kindergartner through your second grade brought to you by Sesame Street. So that is that next link. And I want people to see some of the, um, um, oh goodness. Um, yep. Uh, okay. Ooh. If you'll stop this one for just a second, let me set this up for you. Okay. This one is what is kindness and the sponsor. Are you ready? The Dalai Lama. Hello. Center for Peace and Education in Canada. Um, so go for it. They're explaining what kindness is, by the way. Okay. Kindness is like um, when someone shares with you being nice and generous. And being ignorant and generous. When to make people happy. I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> it's about how you treat people and how you speak to people. Kindness is Good to help other people. It's loving people, not excluding people. It's when you help a friend. Um, help when they get hurt, you could take them to the office. Showing sympathy through your actions. Kindness is like um when someone is hurt or needs help and you help them without them asking or something. Kindness, sometimes sharing when they don't have snack. Oh, that's what I do with Eliana today, actually. And maybe All right, Tim, like we can stop it. Okay. okay, I wanted to, because I know we're getting a little short on time. All right, so that was, like I said, the main sponsor for that one was the Dalai Lama Center for Peace and Education. And if you go to their website, you will see that its main social and emotional programming is created in part with the United Way of the Lower Mainland of British Columbia. Now, if you'll remember last week, what did we do? We talked about the United Way being in bed with the UN as well as the NFL to do what? Bring social and emotional learning to charter schools, because after all, it's not just about public education. But here's something, and I give the link for this, but I want to read this for folks. And this is from the history of this particular uh, center being founded. During the Dalai Lama's visit to Vancouver, Canada in 2004, we began a dialogue about the future of education in the 21st century. The Dalai Lama stated his unequivocal belief that formal education must balance educating the mind with educating the heart. By doing so, we can foster the conditions for a more compassionate and peaceful future. Now, following this 2004 visit, His Holiness endorsed the founding of the Dalai Lama Center for Peace and Education in Vancouver. He specifically requested that the center gather scientific research and develop evidence-informed programs to show the world that educating the heart is beneficial to both the individual and the communities we live in. As only one of the few organizations worldwide that has been personally endorsed by the Dalai Lama, we're inspired by his belief in the importance of balancing the education of children's minds with their hearts. While we're guided by the Dalai Lama's vision for education in a more compassionate world, the Center for Peace and Education is non-religious, non-political, and not-for-profit. You ever heard of the educating the whole child garbage? Oh, yeah. That's what this is. That's exactly what this is. Well, so, let me let me address something that the kids were talking about sure. that were, where they're trying to define kindness. They get they get a little bit on the outskirts of it 
You know, when the Bible talks about us being kind, we're to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven us. And so I think it's very important that we look at uh, things, you know, our, our forefathers, some of our Protestant forefathers defined common grace. I don't really like that term. Because I think grace is not only unmerited favor, it is empowering that God gives us. Paul says that we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So it's not a one-time thing. It's something that continues to grow with us as we grow in Him. And uh, God is kind to all He has made. Psalm 145, verse 9. Uh, Even when His creatures are ungrateful and they're wicked... I mean, we see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. We see it in Matthew chapter 5. Um, his kindness is intended to lead men to repentance from their sin, from their lawlessness. It is not to reject them. But unfortunately, the Bible says also that even though God is kind, men don't learn from it. So they have to learn from his judgments, which is what mm-hmm. we're under, people, because all, all you people who think, well, God is... He's uh, he's showing himself strong on our behalf and blah, blah. Well, God will show himself strong on those who are repentant. But the reason the judgments are coming, and they're going to come more in 2022, unless we put an end to this, and it first begins with what Matt Trujillo says, that's putting this thing right here, our forehead and our nose right on the ground, and confessing our sins to God, asking him that he grant us repentance, and then be bearing fruits of repentance. And I think we'll see, Lynn, a tremendous change in our country. But I just want to throw that in because I saw the kids searching, and the kids are not to blame here. It's no. those who are teaching them who are not following Deuteronomy chapter 6. They're not pushing the Tenth Amendment to say, federal government, you have no business in this and the education of our kids. That is our responsibility. That is our jurisdiction. And uh, and these, you know, I almost want to weep watching these kids. They're precious. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter, they're having this stuff instilled in them, and they don't know any better. They're, we're to wow. be God to them in in the sense of telling them the truth. Well, let's remember, educating of the heart is not the school's responsibility. That's right. It's not the That's community's right. responsibility. It is the parents. And there's one, or, and I know we're going to have to go over. Uh, so if you need That's me okay. to. That's okay. Do what you need to do. Okay. I just wanted to say, since most of this social and emotional um, mind bending is part of this common collective agenda, there is one website that has tracked certain aspects of um, of the United States society since the removal of prayer to God. And I'll give you the link for that. But it's the last chart on their website that shows the increase of suicide in children. And one of the things that was tied to that neuro-linguistic concern from the Common Purpose Exposed website was what? Children and suicide. So we're, we're seeing a theme here. And so it's that last chart, and it will tell, and it gives you a date of when it cuts off, which was before Common Core. I'm, I'm not sure but, which chart you're speaking about. Okay, when you see Restore Christian America, I got it. Okay, slash, I got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah, if you go to that website and you, you know, you'll see by topic, it gives you certain aspects of our society, but it's the very last one that shows the increase in suicide. Okay. Okay. And I don't have the number for what it was at one point to what it jumped to. But if you look at the chart, you'll just see this huge spike. What's happened is since Common Core has rolled around, the state of North Carolina has put together a 2013 through 2019 uh, suicidal behavior chart just for their high school students. That doesn't include, you know, the, the, the elementary school age children who are also committed suicide. But one of the reasons why I wanted to point that particular image out, and that was in the email, is that it gives you a more current date. But 2013 was three years after Common Core was rolled out. So in the six years that this uh, data has been collected, it's showing huge spikes just for our state. And one of the things that I wanted to point out, Lynn, let's let's re- pause you just a second. 
we yeah, got about 20 sure. seconds here. Tell people where they can find sure. out more about you, and we'll continue for a few oh, minutes on the other side. Okay. okay. Uh, com. If you're hanging out on Twitter with me this weekend, uh, New Year's Eve, you can see us go live for Breaking News Journal, where we are going to be raising awareness about uh, all the things that you could get on Breaking News Journal, where you can even subscribe to my channel. Okay. All right. Lynn Taylor, we appreciate you as always. Thank you for joining us. Rotten to the Core Wednesday, every Wednesday. Okay. Um, and again, this stuff has, I know some people, they go, oh, this isn't the red meat of the political thing. Trust me. This is very, is. very, very important. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Lord willing. See ya. All right. I want to welcome everybody coming in from Red State Talk Radio. Just to let you know, tomorrow morning, Dr. Bill Smith with America's Frontline Doctors will be with us. This is going to be, a, I, I, I'm going to tell you, it has to be. It has to be my father's providence. It has to be because I got this information about Chick-fil-A this week and my kids working there. And here was that the same day I was speaking with Dr. Bill, he's actually in my state. I said, you could just drive up four or five hours. He's down in Charleston. You could drive four or five hours and we'll just do the show here or whatever, but we're not going to do that. But he will be in the same state. And it's to talk about the test, the CPR test. And the new, I forget what he calls them. He'll he'll define this intergum or energum or something like that kind of test that they're doing for the convicts, okay? And the danger of those tests, not only are they false positives, but the danger to you in putting them in your body. And that's going to lead up to Friday where we talk about what Chick-fil-A has become. And uh, Lynn, you and I have done shows on the Common Core where Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. has pushed that. We've we've mm-hmm. dealt with uh, the show. Oh, the character where, manipulation. They yes. have been in bed with that. Yeah, and so what we've got is... <laughs> All right, <Sorry>. Bethany, <laughs> it's not a CPR test. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, but not, not only that... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna deal with that. Uh, we we dealt with the Common Core that Chick Fil A's pushed, but we've also dealt with the fact that they backed off a lot of their do- and look, they can do with their money what they want to do with it. I'm not telling them what mm-hmm. they do, but they clearly backed off of some um, Christian organizations that were helping those people caught in the sodomite and lesbian, trans whatever kind of you know, sinful lifestyle. They're, they're, they were helping them, and they basically cut off their donations to them. They said, oh, no, no, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, sure it doesn't. Because as I've said before, Dan Cathy is not his daddy. He's not. And, you know, our desire as parents, as Christian parents, is that our children would go further than we go. But to be honest, a lot of times, that's just not the case. They haven't had to do the fights we had. They have, don't have the experience. They haven't done the struggles. They haven't dug in the scriptures in the same way we have. They haven't had to face the same kind of arguments and things. So God's going to build them different, and that's that's fine. But uh, I want to let people know that tomorrow Bill Smith is coming on. He's going to talk about that. You, If your friends are even, if they say, well, I'm not going to have the vaccine, but I'll do the test to get by, they need to understand what's in those tests, what it's going to do to their bodies, because they're just as dangerous as the shots. So I want to let you know that's coming just before what I have to deal with with Chick-fil-A unless something is changed or altered. So uh, let me make one comment here, Lynn, and then I want you I want you sure. to – maybe you want to speak on this. Okay. Spiritually speaking, you know, we've talked about taking the Bible out of public schools. And I, in my mindset for today, I don't think anybody ought to have anything in the public schools – and I'm going to say even prayer and Bible study because you don't have Christians leading that stuff. Who knows what they're – we've seen what non-Christians will do with the Bible, what they'll do with prayer. I mean, we watched uh, the guy who took over for Bradley Dean, uh, host of the afternoon show at Sons of Liberty. Uh, in Minnesota, they brought in this uh, effeminate, pansy, you know, if uh, effeminate, <laughs> um, unconvicted chaplain – who prayed to, we don't even know who, he didn't even address anybody. It was like he was praying to the people, which is probably what he was. He was looking for the approbation of men. But look at these Look at these charts. Now, Lynn, you fo- focused on suicide rates. This mm-hmm. is this starts really going up around 1957, and just, there's a there's a hill there. That's suicide rates. I was noticing the others going down here. Pregnancies to un, unre, uh, unwed women, 15 to 19 mm-hmm. years of age. That started in 63 going up. Uh, then we went to um, U.S. teenage women who have had premarital intercourse. 
Uh, that started its way up. It had a couple of down drops, but basically around mm-hmm. 1962 – we saw uh, cases of sexually transmitted diseases. Th- that was immediately directed to 1963. Actually, it starts going up a little bit before that. So it's kind of yeah. like where Eve, before she takes a bite of the fruit, she's already lusting after it. She's already sinned by having a desire to sin uh, beforehand. So you see a little bit of that starting a couple of years before, but basically it really takes off in 1963 when they basically take the restraints off. Uh, violent yeah. crime. Same thing, 1963, you start really seeing it escalate. I mean, it was going up a little bit, but it was mm-hmm. nothing like what followed. Here's another one. Unmarried couples, uh, beginning in the 60s, again, you see that, and, I mean, it's just it's crazy to look at these kind of uh, uh, charts that they have here, uh, divorce yeah. and all of this kind of stuff. So I want people to take this. This is probably a good – and SAT scores – I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I remember taking the SAT test. I I don't think much of tests. That's just me. I, I just don't think much of that. But 1963, what happens? Man, you're talking about the bottom falling out. I mean, these numbers are tanking, Lynn. And, it, it, you know, and it, they've, they've gotten worse yeah. under Common Core. They've gotten worse as the years go on, which is why I was bringing up the, the uh, information about here in the state of North Carolina, measuring from 2013 to 2019, the suicidal behaviors and, and that sort of thing. Well, OK, when you have these assessments and the SAT is one of them that uh, slot you and, and are aligned and are measured algorithms uh, and what do they do they go in on your attitudes your values and your beliefs so of course all this is doing but one of the things that's going to be in the archives and i hope we can pull this off was charlotte iserby iserby excuse me uh listened to one of our shows and she contacted me and she said you know i've got this document that i want to snail mail you and here it is and it's called A Child Health Plan for Raising a New Generation. All right. And it's really old, as you can see. But this was the opening line when you get in the, the preface. OK. In August of 1977, a medical consultant for the Department of Health, Education and Welfare approached the North Carolina Division of Health Services to prepare a plan and develop an initiative to regionalize child health care. Now, what this has to do with education is because instead of treating health care as separate from the school, this was the formation for the plan, Tim, to bring it into school. And one of the documents that I found from the Health and Education Welfare website in their archives from 1977, it was later, it was addressing Maine's problem with all this, but then in the documentation, it also tells you, here's the secretary of the health, education, and welfare who went and told all 50 states they could get in on this regionalized health care, and here's how it was going to impact their school, here's how it was going to impact their community, and how everything would be better, and that was what I wanted folks to be able to see, was it wasn't just one state specific, just like this common person uh, purpose is not one country specific, it is it is global, and we know that regionalism is also from the United Nations. Yep. Yep. And all of that leads us back to what I was pointing out with the charts that you had there. And that is, look, you say, I don't believe in God. I don't think the Bible, I think the Bible's outdated. I think it's ancient. It's some mysticism. It's some superstition, blah, 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 blah. You can say that I want to. And yet you look when the Bible says very clearly that God will turn the nations into hell of those who forget him. And, you know, I just showed you this is coming where the government said, we don't want you praying to God. We don't want you uh, acknowledging our creator, the one mentioned in the Declaration of Independence. Um, We don't want you doing any of that. And you see immediately it began to take hold that the nation begins to be turned into hell. Now, do you want to turn that around or are you content with just saying, um, you know, we'll, we'll vote. We'll vote a red wave in. That's not going to fix it, because you're still forgetting God. Oh well, we mentioned God. We we believe in Jesus. Well, what do you believe about him? 
Do you believe well, to you where it impacts, your, impacts your, your, what you're doing, your motives, your thought processes, and are you doing it to glorify and enjoy him? If you're not doing that, then your belief in Jesus is about as wor- worth about as much as what the demons believe. I was just going to say, you know, okay, yeah, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Well, what specifically? Because if it's the modern day version versus what the Bible says, they're this far apart. Well, of course it does, and and we talked about this the other week. Uh, but that's what that's what that's really where we want to drive the message back. We're exposing yeah. what's coming, folks, and what's been here. Uh, this common purpose. I didn't. I've never even heard of it. Been around for more than thirty years. Yeah, and yet it apparently has some kind of impact to where men are scared to speak out against it for fear of retaliation. And you know what, Mateo, you're exactly right. Jesus said, if they persecuted me. They're going to do the same to you. The ma- you know the servant's not above the master. That's that's a given. I told my kids as they were growing up. I said, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to follow Christ, and I told them before they were, you know, pre- they were prepubescent. <laughs> uh, they were before they became teenagers. I said, if you want to follow Christ, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. So cherish those who really are your friends, who will stand with you mm-hmm. in those convictions, because. The day's going to come where you're going to need those friends for encouragement, for fellowship, all of that. But ultimately, your best friend is Christ himself. It, it is the Father. And so, you know, we've got to be dependent upon him. They can't be dependent upon mom and dad all their life. They can't certainly be dependent upon a lot of friends who are going to turn their back on them in the day of battle, as it were. Mm-hmm. And so I agree. I just wanted to reemphasize that because that's a, that's a good point that you make, Mateo. Absolutely. Well, that's what we have. And, you know, um, don't just look to the big cities for this. Okay. Because uh, like I showed you from, from my public library, we're not a huge city. We are a decent sized town. So it's not just your big cities or, you know, anywhere that has uh, this 5G rollout, anywhere that has these community wide programs uh, especially that are hooked into everything that we've talked about over this year and over the two or three years that we've been doing the show. You know, we've given you every place you need to look so that you can find where it is in your backyard, because trust me, it is there. Yep, yep, exactly right. Lynn Taylor, we appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for joining so us. Much. Getting up on Wednesday mornings early and uh, bringing all this stuff in here. <laughs> You know, I, for a guy, it's one thing. You go get in the shower, you throw a little beard oil on, you you throw a hat on your head. And I know for the ladies, they, they it takes them a little longer. So I know you're up probably before I am. And we appreciate you, as always, coming in and uh, exposing these kinds of things. I know a lot of people really appreciate you in the chat. I see it every morning. And, um, and guys, we appreciate you in the chat. Without you coming and listening uh, and, and the people on Red State Talk Radio, um, you know, we're we're talking to an empty room here. It's just going to be a conversation between me and Lynn. So uh, use the information that you have and fight locally, fight in your area. Use that information. Use it against the people who are bringing it. Bring the law to bear. And I know there are several people in the chat, you or your husbands or your wives or both of you are, are involved in that, and you're speaking out in your city and your county councils. Good for you. I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Guys, tomorrow... Dr. Bill Smith, you enjoyed the presentations he's had. We're probably going to be doing, I guess, two hours again. <laughs> so I'm going to try to be prepared for that. He's got long presentations, but they're so information-packed and so useful for actually going and doing something. So we're going to have Dr. Bill Smith on tomorrow, and Lord willing, Lord willing, we're going to do that. And then Lord willing, we're going to be here on Friday. And I'm going to do something I'm not... I'm not comfortable about. I don't like being confrontative. People think I am just because I have a conviction. They think that that's the way I am. I I don't like that. I like to get along. I like to do the Rodney King thing. I really do. I'd like to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But when when there is fascism that's being pushed, and it's a danger not only to my kids, but to other kids around them and to other people, I have a duty to speak out on that. I have a duty to do it. It's not that I am vying for that and I want to do it. So in any case, look forward to that on Thursday and Friday. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And again, Lord willing, we'll see you at 6 a.m. in the morning. Adios.